back quarterback number 19. Bernie, Bernie, oh yeah, how oh, you can throw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie, Bernie, oh baby, Super Bowl. All right, welcome to Season 5, Six Knees and a Beast, Episode 64. I'm shoveling pasta in my mouth. That is what 2016 has going on. Uh, Ian is answering phone calls from Subway, and Chris Poland, we've decided, is the best among us. Wow. Does that cover it? Yeah, I believe that's it. So uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys in We'll see you guys. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Go Browns. Go Browns. Thank God that shit's over. Is that it? Not tolerable. Are we done? Yeah, I believe so. All right. I got told we are not done. Episode 64, season five. Can you believe that, first off? Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Six B's and a P here on AquabritLegion.com. I like that. I was like, can you believe that? And he got, wow. Five seasons, can... that's that's a long time. Yeah. So let's get those numbers up because the heat has been on around here lately as far as the numbers. We are, we're, we're working not... on getting them up. We'd like to get to seven. Our Q like rating is low. Our Nielsen ratings are low. We got, we got, this is, we're going to go big this year. Go on big. I've got dinner adjacent. You got a pot uh, carb. That's what it is. We're here on AquabearLegion.com, six Bs and a P. Of course, the Browns podcast that we hope you'll like, even if you don't like the Browns. We're not sure we do even anymore. <laughs> this uh, We got a new podcast on Aquabear Legion as well, and I think the first episode will be up before this comes on. And so this episode is sponsored by the other podcast, the Western Reserve, that I do. Not even a minute in, and you're already <laughs> plugging your other podcasts. Plugging my other podcasts and establishing a very clear exit plan, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eating dinner. <laughs> like, very obviously. So, Chris, I mean, Chris and I can just stretch while you uh, finish your... No, I think this is actually a great way to start. You think so? Um, I mean, the shorter period of time that we actually even, having not talked about the rounds for so long, the shortest amount that we can actually talk about them, I think, has to be the best for our ratings. I disagree. Hope springs eternal. I am excited. Are you? Very. Chris? Yes? Are you excited? Oh, not necessarily. No, yeah, I don't feel particularly excited. Ah, oh, you guys are just... Yeah. Well, get yeah. me ramped up. Let's do this. We're going to talk about the Browns here in the next hour and um, try to get excited. I mean, I'll watch it. I'm there, you know. Yeah. yeah. we got some new uh, segments this season. Our good friend Luke is going to do his Ass Eater of the Week. That'll That's be exciting. interesting. Yeah, I mean, one way or another. Uh, Brian Weeby will be joining us as much as he can. I think he's going to be joining us later in this episode. He had a baby, of course, last season. He was the first man to ever have a baby. Wait, I cannot. That cannot possibly be true. Came right up out of his wiener hole, Ian. Wait, really? Him? No. Huh. All right. And so, little Nico's got some stuff going on. Brian's hoping to join us at some point. And, we, you know, we'll have some more guests. I can see, even though he is a Bengals fan, I can see Dave. Maybe. <laughs> sure. Uh, maybe Dan Majeski, another Bengals yeah, fan. Yeah, another Bengals fan who went viral this offseason. He sure did. Yeah, we'll talk. maybe we'll talk about that. I don't not, know. not in the he same did. way I did. <laughs> Ian went viral in an entirely different way. I don't know if any of you, you know, like, what's that game we play with the... Uh, oh, Pandemic. Pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went viral kind of like that. Well, it, it's called Zika. With, right. You want to tell anybody about that? Or are you good now? No. Okay. Ian had Zika in the off season, and uh, really isn't getting any better. On my way out, but what are you going to do? <laughs> We're going to get you on here as much as we can. You have a contract to fulfill, and... I mean, I don't know. I mean, go no, ahead. No, you don't have no, much time. No, right. I feel like yeah. I could let you talk. Oh, it's okay. No, whatever I have to say isn't important. I'll be gone soon. What is it? I was just going to say, I got engaged in the off season. 
you did get engaged in the off season, even though you are dying. Mm-hmm. So well, that's that cool. should be the I don't know hundredth, two hundredth to congratulate you. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. The, the Zika was the impetus for it. It felt like you didn't really uh, like you were yeah. definitely on your way. Yeah, it kind of forced my hand a little bit. Literally, when you lost your hand from the virus. It does do that. The old falling off hands, one of the first signs. Before that, it's mostly just seems like the flu. But yeah. then your hands fall off, yeah. <laughs> so we uh, took off the end of last season. Nicely timed up with the Browns just sh- shitting the bed completely. <laughs> I mean, we were going to do a couple episodes, but literally those last couple games, holy crap. I mean, there wasn't really even anything to talk about. So we're back here. We're going to try to do like every other week or so, two episodes a month so we can really bring you all of that hard-hitting Browns content and get kind of the production going a little bit better. That'll be the plan during the first few weeks while we think they're going to be terrible, but when they start the season like 6-0, and we'll be back there. We will be here four times a week. Mm-hmm. If not more. So everything is different pretty much uh, to some degree, except for the losing uh, with the Browns. You know what I mean? I started to think about like the different since we've been here, like it was like, Beginning of December was the last episode. You know, like different coaching staff, different players. We still have those uniforms, I think. Quick take from you guys: Is it better at all? I will say yes, very much so. It just feels better. And you're excited. I'm excited. I think I, I started off by saying I'm excited. I am. We'll talk about that uh, more later, but I'm pretty jazzed. Do we have, a, like, a jazz segment? We, I think we do, yeah. Okay. Come on oh, with some music for that. I got my saxophone. On a 1 to 10 scale, how jazzed are you? Uh, on the jack, like, come on real fast. That's the pierogi mountain jazz scale. <laughs> I believe it's a D pentatonic minor. What's Ooh. that, like a 4? Yeah, we'll say yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily better. I think you're probably right, Ian. Hope we have to go along with that thing. I just realized that it's been five seasons of the Hope Springs Eternal, but I do, you know, we'll go with that. It is better until proven otherwise, right? Yes. RG3 grabbed that knee coming up on that first play. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. It's fine. It's just fine. saying, just saying. See, compare this season, this offseason, the start of the year to last year. Last year, I had absolutely no hope, no reason to feel optimistic whatsoever. You're right. That was bad. That was really bad. And I don't know if that's just a function of we knew what we had going in with uh, Petten and Farmer and all that. And this is just, they, these guys haven't had a chance to prove how terrible they are yet. But it's Now fun. you're talking like a Browns fan. That's right. By the end of this episode, I'm not going to feel any hope anymore. I mean, it could really go either way. Either me and Chris will be a little more convinced, or you will have none. It's a tug of war. It's a classic 6B, 1P tug of war. Hashtag classic Ian. You can join in this season. Hashtag in that. Something will happen, I think. Probably not. So we did give up at the end of last season, but I think the Browns did too. So what? You know, I mean, big deal. Leave us alone. Um, But the Cavs, they won all the games. And uh, so it brings up a valid point, which I think is like, should we just become a Cavs podcast? Or Toledo Mudhens, Dayton Dragons, uh, you know, be about, we could just do a whole podcast about bread or something. I do like bread, and I also like the Dayton Dragons, so I'm into either of those ideas. I don't eat a lot of bread anymore, so to talk about it would be kind of gratifying in a way that uh, I'm not quite accustomed to. I only kind of like baseball, and I don't like basketball at all, so bread could be bread? fun. Yeah, sure. Right, so we're going to be a bread podcast. <laughs> we could probably keep some of the bees in our name, change them to bread. One bread. of them, yeah, bread. <laughs> one of them could be bread. Maybe the pea could be pumpernickel. Uh, basket, bread basket, that's a thing. It's two bees and a pea. There you go. That's different. I mean, <laughs> bread basket enough. and pumpernickel. Yeah. All right, I'm into it. Okay. I mean, it's just as good as this topic. I mean, if you want to talk about Dayton Dragons, we could talk about how Nick Sinzel's been tearing it up ever since he got promoted from uh, Rookie Ball Billings. Oof. That's not interesting at all. I don't know. <laughs> right? I mean, Chris, did you feel differently about that? Because 
I uh, I don't follow sports all that much. <laughs> I'm really not even sure what you just said. So, hey, what's happening with the Olympics? Aren't the Olympics going on? The Olympics are on. Yeah, we get to do an Olympic podcast. We've been watching quite a bit here. I um been in an ankle brace. They tore some ligaments, stepping in a hole, and uh, so I've been watching a lot of Olympics, sitting around. But did you know? Listen, real fast. Yeah, let's discuss. Did you know? That there is an Olympic event where horses dance. Yeah, man, dressage. What a first of all, I had a lot of things I need to say about this. Where the fuck you been? Obviously, this thing's been around since like 1912 in some form. You haven't, obviously. And dressage, what a fucking fancy word for a thing, right? You even say it like a dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's built in, it's pronounced like an asshole. I mean, it's it's definitely a rich person thing because who owns horses, and more importantly, who can afford to train a horse to dance? Yeah, I mean, like I feel like poor people's horses cannot no. ever learn to dance. Poor people They're, don't have horses. And, it's like fucking at all rat, rat dancing. What would you? Call yeah, it'd that? be like dancing around. You can't ride that. No, you wouldn't call it dressage. You call it fucking. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't call it dressage. Rodent and Macarena. The name of our new podcast, Rodent Macarena. Dressage also involves pretty fancy dress for the person on the horse. Like they're dressed like a Buckingham Palace guard kind of, <laughs> without the hat. They always you know what I mean? Like they look so severe. Are they, they look like smile? Or laugh? I mean, I don't know. I think if you smile, the horse starts doing other stuff. Probably. <laughs> they look like, but, for somebody on a dancing horse. They look real mad about it. Well, the thought I actually read about this. The idea is for it to be like really good, is that the person on the horse isn't supposed to be looking like they're doing anything. So they're supposed to be like super rigid and not make uh, like a lot of faith. So it makes it look like the fucking horse is just like. So they're just along for the ride. Yes. Like the, the Jennifer Grey to the Patrick Swayze of the horse. Swayze it's horse. The name of our new podcast. R.I.P. Yeah, these horses dance. Like, it's pretty weird. It's definitely weird to think of that it's an Olympic event. Probably the weirdest one. What? It's. I watched one where they danced to Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana. They captured the cultural zeitgeist of 12 years ago. It was really bizarre. So, horse dancing, that's been going on. But in all seriousness, some of that Olympic stuff is pretty crazy. Uh, those, some of those people are like... Uh, genetically engineered monsters. <laughs> you know, like the swimmers, the top half of the swimmers is like four, they're like four times the size. They're like giant whale shoulders. Do whales have shoulders? We are way off topic. Alright. Let's send it, speaking of off topic and people you shouldn't really listen to, let's send it off to Luke for his ass eater of the week. What's this all about? You'll see. Hello everyone and welcome to Luke's ass slash ass eater of the week. The difference is the pronunciation in ass and as. And every week I'm going to be giving you my ass eater and my ass eater of the Browns team. Um, the only difference is the ass eater is the best player on the team and the ass eater is the worst player on the team for that particular game. And we are going to start off with the preseason game. The preseason game versus the Green Bay Packers um, was, for the most part, very sloppy. And my ass-eater of the game is going to Cody Kessler of Bakersfield, California, who is our quarterback that we drafted in the third round. He had a great touchdown pass, but he also committed two boneheaded safeties, one by running out of the end zone and the other by getting sacked. Um, so Cody Kessler of Bakersfield, California, home of the famed Merle Haggard and Buck Owen, played a lot like the band Korn, who is also from Bakersfield, California, which means that he was fucking terrible. Um, so our as eater of the week for that game was Terrell Pryor. Um, 
he made some great catches. He has big hands. And um, I just liked how he was very humble. And he was very concerned with the mistakes he made at the games. And not with just that one catch. And I think he's really trying to make this team. And for him to get cut last year over an injured running back uh, didn't make sense to me. I think he can be a great slot guy. I think he is. If you line him up on the opposite side of Gary Barnard and you put Rashard Higgins in there, who is 6'2", I think it's going to be hard for defenders to cover those tall guys out there. Um, so Terrell Pryor was my ass eater of the week. Hi, this is Ernest Biner, former Browns player. You're listening to 6Bs and a P on AquaBearLegion.com. The as eater of the week goes to Terrell Pryor, not only for his spectacular catch, but also his humbleness after the game of recognizing the mistakes that he made uh, during the game. A couple missed blocks, and he didn't play as highly as he would have liked to. But I liked his stride. I liked the way he runs. And I liked his hands. He looked really good. So, Terrell Pryor is our ass eater. All right. So, the ass eater of the week, or ass with two Z's, for the Browns-Falcons preseason game two would be Carl Nasib. He's been making plays all over the field. He tips balls. He's got a big frame. I think he will be... A great replacement for Barkevius Mingo, who just left. I think he will uh, definitely start start on the team because the defense otherwise is looking pretty terrible. All right, we're back. We never Luke's, went away. That's right. A little bit of studio magic there. Luke's what? ass eater of the week. About what? The ass eating? No, like, the yeah. studio magic. That's, you know, like revealing... Forget you heard about the studio magic. The studio magic is I've had a half a bottle of wine and now half of a real big beer. So let's talk about the goddamn Browns. That's right. So a bunch of stuff happening this offseason. New coach, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jacks. Still pretty good about him. Former coach of the Oakland Raiders. He was there for, I believe, a year. Maybe two. He went eight and eight. He sure did, and you know what? The Raiders were terrible, and he went eight and eight. So that's all right. So at least three and thirteen for us. Oh, let's hope it's worse than that. We want that number one and number two pick because the Eagles are going to be bad. RG three. Uh. <laughs> I mean, sure. Really? Yeah. I... Compared to what we've had, like McCown is a fine backup. He's a guy that you want. And as still like on the roster. A quarterback coach in waiting, but I mean, <laughs> Johnny Manziel's gone. That is a definite uh, addition through subtraction, sort of sitch. Sure, I agree with that. And we drafted a quarterback. We'll talk about the draft a little later, but we did draft Cody Kessler. We sure did. Cody, white guy named Kessler, and. <laughs> We also, this year, one of the things that we worked on in the offseason ourselves, one of our big additions, has been uh, Chris Poland took some, I think they were like internet correspondence classes on nicknames. University of Phoenix, from what I recall, and talking to me about. Right? It's not a scam at all. No, No. it's like, pretty sure Trump University. I think you want your university to make money, because the more money you make, the better they are, obviously. The best podcast there is. We make the best podcasts. For profit. <laughs> so Chris is going to be peppering uh, his nicknames, his skills, and I swear 6Bs and a P is going to cover the cost of those classes. The check is definitely in the mail. Thank you. The um, No problem, dude. We live to give. <laughs> and uh, Is that right? Did you start crying there? I'm a little upset about living to Are give. You? I've been living so, in the tank this whole time. I know. Well, I mean, you know, balance, Ian. Sure. Uh, so do you think Action Hugh Jackson is going to be able to do something with this team? Yes. Short something answer, being, yes. Short answer, he's going to do something. 
I mean, yeah, things are definitely going to happen. They're not going to not show up. I mean, it's probably not going to get worse, right? So, no, what did they, they end up with? They were bad last year, but they yeah, can't get worse. They, I mean, Hugh Jackson, he, yeah, listen to the man talk, and he just, he seems a lot more with it or together than uh, Mike Patton or Cho or anybody. Certainly Shermer. Yeah, wow. forgot about that guy, to be honest. What about Ray... What about Ray Tim Horton? He's back. That defense was good when he was around, or at least not terrible. He does no longer have the sweet Stevie Wonder braid beads thing that's going on. That's a bummer. That is unfortunate. We picked up the guy that was the money ball guy for a different sport. Jonah Hill? Essentially, yes, right? Yeah. And we did get... Yes. Can you, a, clear, Ian, can you confirm that we did get Jonah Hill? Can I ever? So Jonah Hill did play uh, the character based on Paul De Podesta in the Moneyball movie. There you go. So and Jonah I, Hill. See, I mean, does is, that make sense at all? No, and that's what I'm excited about is that I mean, the Browns trying to be a real like traditional football team has just clearly not worked. So why not try something different? And from all accounts, Paul D. Podesta is the smartest guy in pretty much any room he walks into. What about a room full of smart guys? He's the smartest one there. And the Browns have a room full of smart guys. Sashi Brown's a Harvard guy. Uh, Andrew Beery or Barry, whoever the like, developer or head of player personnel, he's a Harvard guy. The Browns have got a lot of real bra- brainiacs, real real room full of eggheads. Not Bertie Kosar. You think he's in there? <laughs> Oh, he's in there, but he's under the table and no one's noticed. <laughs> he's tapping the phone lines. We got some Bernie, Bernie tweets later on. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the things, I guess that was maybe, I'm, I'm remembering back now to how I felt when these things happened months ago. The, I agree. I think the Browns aren't going to attract great free agents. They obviously have to hope to draft good players which they really haven't done for a while. And anything weird that gives them an advantage or that they think they could actually do, I think they should give it a shot. Like, it's not like anyone expects them to win games this year. Like, why not have Jonah Hill come? Yeah, the reason that De Podesta was successful in baseball is, like, kind of kicking against the traditional thinking. Like, just looking at things that were undervalued but had some sort of proven success. And it seems to me like the NFL is a lot more hard line, and guys are like, this is the way it's always been done. This is the way it will have to continue to be done. This is the only way it will ever work. For the Browns to bring in a guy that's going to kick against that, I think is pretty interesting. I think it's a pretty smart move, honestly. You heard it here. That's a pierogi mountain fresh take. Yeah, I like right. it. You know, why not do something radically different? I mean, what was our what was our record last season? Uh, three and thirteen, I think. Okay, so three and thirteen. Like, if if we go with one or two wins, is it really that big of a deal? Is it really that much worse? Or this guy no. could do something crazy and fuck, we could win five and, games. And already from like the first off season, it seems like they have more of a plan in place than any of the previous regimes did. Like particularly in the draft, but just just the fact that they had a plan in place and they enacted that plan, they weren't like subject to the whims of a homeless guy who said we should draft Johnny Manziel. And that's crazy because that literally happened. But that's also like a crazy example you would give if you were making up something. But literally, mm-hmm. a homeless guy helped Jimmy Haslam. That's and why not? They cut that out of draft day because they thought it was too fucking stupid. Draft day. That's a great movie. You don't talk bad about draft day. Yeah, I'm saying they made Not it. only is Draft Day quite possibly the worst movie I've ever seen, we watched it at a different speed so we could watch it illegally on the internet. Remember, Chris? Oh, yeah. And the place I work at burned down while we finished watching it. That's true. Like, I, still- I will always associate that night with, like, a terrible fire at a place I love and work at and Draft Day. Those are the... There you go. Still haven't seen Thank- it. <laughs> it's definitely terrible. You should watch it. I will. I think it's on HBO. We'll do a special episode. We should do a special episode of Six P's and a P, like a bonus edition. That's just audio of you responding to draft day. I'm into it. That's like the whole length of the movie. Maybe eating in between, because then there's like people that like are into hearing people eat. Probably. Oh yeah, feeders. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> what about Josh Dank Nugs Gordon? So, so okay. what's what's the deal here? How is he back? He's back because question mark like literally like no one knows well, like it's, he had to be reinstated right and they did he, that the NFL has a very arbitrary punishment procedure like nobody knows why he's actually back just take for granted that he is all right you wanted to well done and done no questions yeah. asked <laughs> he suspended the first four games of the season right but i mean Ah, another reason to get excited is the receivers this year. Right? If but, Gordon comes back at all, I mean, you're already talking about some serious dudes. And with Corey Coleman and the supposed emergence of Terrell Pryor as a wide receiver. Terrell Pryor Sr. That's what he goes by now. I didn't know. Nobody told me. Nobody told me. Why didn't fucking anybody tell me? Sorry. Well, Sorry, Chris, I don't hold it Chris Somebody should have fucking told me. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, don't, Chris, you know you what? Th- yeah, fucking be sorry. Well, I mean, I just said I was. Well, I know you said it, but I want you to actually feel it. I am being in saying it. Okay. I didn't get that over audio. Okay. Well, I mean, if you were well, to see me here, well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm th- heartbroken about it. You're fucking balls deep into a, a podcast. <laughs> That's gone. Stop oh, living in the past. <laughs> Chris, it says here, I believe this is you. Did you start a Blood Bowl team? I did. Um, Blood Bowl 2 was on sale on Xbox One, so I downloaded it, and I started a Skaven team called the Skeezland Brownfurs. <laughs> awesome. Did you play any games yet? I've played a few. I'm doing well, but uh, the game has a weird kind of glitch or some sort of issue where if the AI is losing, it will just not play, but when the counter counts down to zero... It never switches to my turn, so it just sits there, and I have to turn it off. <laughs> so weird. it's it's uh it's not the best game technically, but uh, man, I do enjoy some Blood Bowl, good mechanics, and apparently there may be a new Blood Bowl tabletop game soon. I heard something oh, about cool. that. Is it, so? It's not like Mutant League football, or is it? No, it's not at all. It's turn-based tactical, like football. Yeah, exactly like football. Like, Except with rat men. Yeah. I kind of like mutants. Leagues, yeah. I remember playing. I remember playing the tabletop one, the original one, and it being super fun. It's quite good. If you're out there, send us some free stuff. Oh, God, Games Workshop never sends anyone anything for free. That oh, is so inside games baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're going to head to break here in a minute. Before we head to break, I want to do a quick station ID as well. You're listening to Six Bs in a P on AquabearLegion.com. This week's episode is sponsored by the Western Reserve, a brand-new podcast also on Aquaware, focusing on Ohio music, where I play a lot of Ohio music and talk to people. And Yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. If you uh, want to support Aquabear and what we do here, you can buy a really sweet record from the website. 24 bands on two LPs and uh, we'll send it to you and it supports all this kind of stuff so aquabearlegion.com your one source for force we're going to take a break and then Brian Weeby is joining us we're going to talk about the draft Trent Richards then do some tweets of the week and talk about uh, the Browns upcoming season we'll be back go Browns how does it feel to be a Cleveland Brown feels great um, just blessed to have an opportunity to grow grow here with with Hugh, Pep, and his team. It's been uh, really fun these past couple of days getting to know the new teammates, and um, it's truly an honor to be in this league, so just glad they gave me an opportunity. Hey Robert, M- Mike Shanahan said that you called him to thank him for making a recommendation to Jeff Fisher, and he went on to say that he feels that if you go back to what you did in 2012 with the 50 series stuff and design runs, that you can get back to where you were. Do you feel that way too? Uh, I did. I did call Mike, and um, you know, I had a good, great conversation with him. Uh, but when it comes to that stuff, I trust uh, that what Hugh and Pep are going to do with this offense, it won't just be about me, um, and it'll be what's best suited for the team. So uh, I just look forward to growing uh, within that and becoming uh, the player and, and reaching my potential um, as fast as I possibly can. 
other than physically, what do you have to do um, differently, mentally or whatever, to to get back to that um, quarterback that you were in 2012? I just want to play ball, man. I'm just I'm excited to be here last year. I uh, didn't have an opportunity to play football, so to have that opportunity here and compete uh, and grow, um, it's truly a blessing. So that's really all I'm focused on, just go out there, play, learn the offense, and, and do what I possibly can to help this team win. What have you done so far to acclimate you to his offense and his way of thinking just in, in the time that you've been here so far? I know it's brief, though. Yeah, it's just the way he approaches the game, the way he approaches every day. Uh, I think the team can, can kind of feel that. Uh, just the way he talks to you, the way his expectations of this team, um, and those are all things that you know we keep in house. But uh, it's just a good vibe to be around, and uh, every day you wake up wanting to come to work even more. You mentioned Hughes' offense, but and it's only been a couple of days. But what kind of offense do you expect him to run, and how do you think it would match up with your uh, skill set? No, I mean I think, like I said, we're going to run uh, the best offense that we can for the personnel that we have. And, um, you know, that's why they call him coach. And uh, he'll, he'll put us in positions to be successful. And I think everybody trusts that. So we're just trying to make sure we master what it is that, that coach wants us to accomplish through his offense, the, the speaking a new language uh, and getting that across to everybody. You know, that's our job as quarterbacks to, to make that happen. So we're just focused on that right now. And then once we get out and are able to run some plays and they'll figure out, hey, this is what we do best, and that's what we'll run. Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pie. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Welcome back. Six Peas in a Pie, episode 64 our fifth season here on AquabearLegion.com. I'm your host, Brian Costco, joined by Chris Bullen. Howdy. Ian Wolf. Lexi Silver. And Brian Wiebe. What? what? And, Sorry, uh, it's terrible. No, no, I think it's pretty good. Oh, you're like at a, we're out of practice. It's been a while. Yeah, we had a bunch of technical difficulties and questionable content in the first half of the show. We'll see if we can push our way through we I tried to save some of the good stuff for when for we be here. The rest of it's just filler crap at the beginning. Well, thank you, Trent. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I, yeah. How'd you? That's your nickname you got from nickname school. Filler crap. <laughs> it could be worse. Yeah, gross. It could be worse. Uh, Trent Richardson is mostly broke. I wanted to talk about this. We're gonna get to the draft and some more current Browns events, but. Trent Richardson, who you guys remember at one point, his podcast I guarantee hailed as the savior of our franchise. And we did a special episode when he got traded. Do you remember that? It's embarrassing for all of us. The grief. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, he had great potential. Yeah, he did. Let's not forget the first time he touched the ball, he rammed into a guy and, like, blew his fucking face wow. mask off his helmet. <laughs> That was amazing, yes. That was cool. Uh, I think that's a legit reason to be excited. Do you think he paid that guy 10 bucks to loosen his face mask? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trent maybe. Richardson, uh, there's an article on Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports where basically Trent Richardson talks about how his family and friends made him broke. And there's some stuff in it that I thought was pretty interesting. In 10 months, he said his friends and family and hangers-on, so not even him, spent $1.6 million. As, I mean, I feel like I could do that. Oh, I easily could. Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Is Chris gone? Chris. Chris, Chris where Chris. Chris. Chris is, Chris is gone. He's been replaced by coughs. Old coughs forward. Old Chris sounds just like I remember him. I just want to say Brian, that I can certainly spend that much money as a hanger-on and/or friend of a rich person. <laughs> right? I'd there spend just, the there needs to be no other hangers-on or friends. I can do no. it all. You can take care of it. Yeah. Usually, with, with my friends as a hanger-on, I've managed to spend like one. Real fast, did you just say friends? <laughs> it's, it's entirely possible. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, as a as a, a friend or a hanger on of my friends, <laughs> I've spent like one point six dollars, and even that. Felt you spend like more than that. Andrew insists you own gas money still. I probably do. See, 
I do the, feel bad for the guy. I mean, you can see the uh, 30 for 30 already writing itself. In I, yeah, I feel, I feel bad for Andrew also. <laughs> if they made a 30 for 30 about Andrew, that'd be great. Trent Richardson. You know that dude got, I think it was 30 mil guaranteed, though? What? That's, That's what he got on his rookie contract. He was like third. Chris is back. Where'd he go? He was never gone. I'm, Sorry, guys. He's back. Chris is back. Don't worry, America. Chris brought to you by Pierogi Mountain and the Western Reserve, my new podcast. Gee, third, third plug. Third. There's going to be two more assholes. Two more assholes? What? Two more assholes. Chris, could you spend $1.6 million in a 10-month span? In some sort of Brewster's Millions scenario? <laughs> sure, we'll call it Richardson's Millions. Um, I think, if, I mean, are there rules? Well, basically, Trent Richardson is what we're talking about right now, and he went, yeah. he's talking about he's mostly broke. I, but his I, friends, yeah. Yeah, I... I think um, it's got to be the Brewster's rules. One, like, a 100% squander. Nothing in return. No investments. <laughs> no, and nothing to show for it, right? Yes. At all. I think probably, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a wide world. You can... It's really easy to get rid of cocaine. want to take your money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I cocaine would hope that I would have better sense than that, but I think I could do it. What would be the first thing you guys would do if you had $1.6 million to squander? Squander? Hmm. I mean, yeah, I, or, you know, whatever you want to do. Well, no, it, it doesn't have to be said. I would squander any amount of money. I don't <laughs> spend it wisely. One million or one dollar, frankly, you're not. Yeah, it's, it's being squandered, whatever it is. It's 100 pieces of penny gum. Or it's a share of a minor league baseball team. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> 1. 1.6 mil could get you a minor league baseball team probably, right? Yeah, like, probably low A. Maybe like rookie ball. Like the Dominican Summer League. We could definitely buy the, the Southern Ohio Copperheads for that. Absolutely. Would you want to? Sure. I went to two of their games this year. I guess that's, that's $3 back in my pocket. That's not <laughs> squandering though, right? That's investing. That is an investment, sure. What if you... You could just disband the team. But Trent Richardson, in this article, he's, it's quoted that it was particularly painful to Richardson when he was traded during his second season. This is great. The friends and family who had been living with him in Cleveland all decided that they'd move with him to Indianapolis. Oh, right? I mean, right? I mean, that was really good. They're like, you know, oh, you're leaving? We need that support you? system. But none of them would lift a finger to help him pack his house and move. Quote Richardson, I had to pay people to pack up my house. Why I got to pack up my house? Y'all can't do this? And they were saying, he's got the money. He can just pay to do it. Like, that's an interesting cycle of logic. It's one of those interesting situations where nobody's wrong. Richardson finally made his circle a bit smaller now, including firing his brother, from his $100,000 a year personal assistant job. Makes me sad. We're going to talk about the draft. I wanted to wait and get Weeby on here for that. We mentioned all of the changes this Browns offseason. Do they bring hope? Do they bring more of the same? Seem like a better draft than normal. Would everyone agree? Yes. No? Only because there's more of them. There was a lot of them. They had like 30 picks. Right? I think maybe that's overstating. Moneyball. Talking Moneyball. <laughs> they draft Corey Coleman in the first round. Definitely a good football name there. And by all accounts, is an absolute stud. Like, he's attractive? Yeah, he's swinging some real pipe. Weeby? Big time puss crusher? Oh, he's just smashing every day. You know that. Is he good at football? He's good at fucking. Probably. That starts with F. Yeah. And a man by the name of Emmanuel Akaba. That's a pretty good name. Mm-hmm. Two for two on names. Yeah, pretty good. So oh, you mean his first and last, or Corey Coleman, too? Corey Coleman, too. Four for four. And we, we did bring up that <laughs> we're going to rank each one of these names individually. Corey Coleman, if he can come together, Josh Gordon's back, and Terrell Pryor Sr., 
Weeby, what do you think about that uh, receiving core? I mean, that's super nasty. <laughs> but I also feel like this is what, like, I'm getting hope, and I never wanted it this year. I, I resolved for no hope from the start. You fucked up. 2016. Give me a little hope. I don't like it. But they drafted a lot of wide receivers. They also drafted several later on. In the uh, fourth round, they picked up Ricardo Lewis, also a good name. Two first names, but I'll let it slide. Ricardo's good. And then they picked up a few more wide receivers. Jordan Payton. Also two first names. About that. Yeah, and Richard Higgins. Also two first names. And then they picked up a couple tight ends, too, like kind of tight end wide receivers. This kind of knock was that, why do you draft so many wide receivers when you have holes all over the place? Well, it's a good plan. You don't know which one will be good. That's why. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like every year they're just going to draft five of them. Yeah, let's do five quarterbacks one draft, see if that works out. Could we play them all at once, you think? So they pick up some more wide receivers later on in the draft. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking about, like, you know, is it – do you just pick as many as you can of a position and see who's good? Well, they did pick a lot of guys who just produced. They had good numbers in college. And high character. Uh, yeah, character guys. They, they drafted a man named Scooby. Scooby! <laughs> a Do we grown know man. Guys are still on the team. I mean, I think there's a good chance we've lost half of them already. They have have we? Think there have not been any cuts yet. Not even Seth from the Valve. Yeah, Seth DeValve is still there. It's like Brian Weeby would do a warp zone when he said that. <laughs> what happened? Your voice like it was still there, but it got like super quiet and it was like what He was on his way to level eight one. Yeah, he shot down into the get the extra coins. I got I got nothing. Sorry, I was gonna try to make some sort of saving private Ryan. <laughs> He saved Private Ryan. Yes. But yeah, I mean, high character guys. One of them's like a leukemia survivor. Sean Coleman. Good name. You think he's Corey Coleman's brother? It only makes sense. Do you think he knows where have all the cowboys gone? Do you think he's Sean Colvin? Deep cut. (laughs) Walking in Memphis. Cody Kessler, third round quarterback. Yeah, what's up with this guy? You, he's Look, from USC. He got a noodle for an arm and little hands. <laughs> Tiny <laughs> hands, noodle arm. <laughs> or maybe he has big hands. They were just like, they were just like, who's the worst? That guy, take him third. Like after drafting Manziel, they were like, who does the least amount of drugs out of all of you? And it was Cody Kessler. That name, I mean, if he does a drug with a name like that, it's probably Rohypnol. I just like to give it to myself, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bro. Bro, hip trip. He's familiar with. So he kind of sucks. Is, has he done anything this preseason? I've yeah, he ran out of the back of the end zone. He sure. That's did. right. He did get his safety for himself. How the <laughs> fuck do you do that? Did if you watch line, that? Yeah, the lines were painted pretty funny, but I mean, come on. It's not like yeah, the lines were painted that. funny. Yeah, like blind spot. Instead of the, like, a solid, like, you know how the back of the end zone is like that, you know, yard-wide white stripe? Yes. Then it was just, like, they just painted the outline. They didn't fill it in. They, like, didn't click on the little paint bucket icon in uh, Photoshop. Still. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's not an excuse. I mean, should he have been that far back in the end of the end It was, like, the third quarter, so it's not like he didn't spend the first two quarters watching the game. Or <laughs> maybe he so didn't. So before... Before we go on to the – we're going to lead into our favorite roster names on the Cleveland Browns 2016 roster as of now. But before we do that, does anybody got a favorite name from the draft here? I mean, Carl Nassib sounds like the guy that owns, like, you know, the hero place down the way. <laughs> He's got – he does the thing where he scrapes the meat off of the yeah. spit. Yeah. I like Seth DeValve. Think- uh, is it Joe Schobert or Scobert? I don't know. That's a good football name. It should be Scooby and Scobert. Scooby Drango. right the third. Spencer Drango. So, yeah, speaking of funny names, the Cleveland Browns roster is pretty large right now. You know, beginning of preseason, there's a lot of names. I sent you guys the link there in the outline. 
Let's uh, go through and pick some good ones. And I also want you, as you're going through, one of the questions I'm going to ask each of you after we name some funny names or throughout is who you are most surprised is still on the team. Because I kind of checked out for a little bit. And, I mean, who are you like, whoa, I had no idea that dude still was going to play for the Browns now. You know, think about that, too. But, obviously, right off the bat, I'm seeing my boy Chigbo Anube. Chigbo Anube. Chigbo Anube. Chigbo. Chigbo. I mean, the Browns did get rid of a lot of A-plus names. Like, they did lose some good names. Is Manly Kitchen gone? He's not there anymore? He's not there anymore. And he just signed oh, with the Buccaneers, maybe? They got a guy whose first name is Niall. Yeah, it's just like Niall Lawrence Stample sounds like a fucking Monty Python name if ever there was one. Upper class twit of the year. Yeah. We're <laughs> like a jazz trio. I like Dan France. <laughs> Dan France. Damn, he's a big boy, huh? 6'6", 312. Uh... I like Austin Pastor because it sounds like a hillbilly mixed with a burrito or a taco flavor. <laughs> Austin the hillbilly taco pastor. Uh, next time you're in Texas, you gotta get you an Austin Pastor. Yes. All the rage. It sounds, it sounds like there's a Langolier in the studio with us. Is there a Langolier in the studio with us? Is it like an EVP. Uh, are we on to who's surprised that they're still there? Yeah, you can give some of those. Well, Paul Kruger, for one. Uh, I don't know. Just like, you're still yeah. here, buddy? Not that he's bad, but I'm just, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, Justin Gilbert. Yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah. But at the same time, who's better? Right. We have a guy We have a guy on our team named Don Jones. <laughs> Good lord. I like Another Whoa. one too, I gotta be I, I fell for the uh you know, relatively new Browns fan, but fell for the classic jersey trick. And I bought a Barkevius Mingo jersey and I've read that he might not even make the team this year, so Yeah. Mm-hmm. One for one on Brown's jersey purchases. Did you buy like a legit NFL license one? Did you buy like the Alibaba one? Uh, I don't know. It was a Christmas gift. And before anybody thinks I'm racist, Alibaba is the name of the company. Oh, yeah. I know what I mean, that They sell a lot of knockoff cameras. Yeah. What is all that noise? I think it might be Chris trying to speak. It's not me trying to speak. Oh, there's it just sounds normal. It literally sounds like there's a Langolier here. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. I'm surprised Austin Davis is still on the team. Scout team... E.J. Bibbs. I think that guy's been there for a little bit. That's his second year, so for a Brown, yeah, he's been there for a <laughs> Is it just me? It doesn't seem like many of these guys are any good. <laughs> it's good we're not doing this, because they're probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what is with... We have a guy named Tim Scott and a guy named Don Jones. Those are not football names. Those are names of the guys that would come out to wrestle Hulk Hogan on Saturday morning. I do... <laughs> I have a dollar says you never say the name EJ Bibbs again in your life. <laughs> yeah, there is some just... I feel like we lost... You sure we haven't lost anybody from the draft? No, yeah, I guess you're right. Those, are, those two guys. It's a lot there. of names. Is there... Which guy do you think they're going to cut that's going to come back and beat us in a game later in the season? Ooh. Because they've already... A couple guys did that last year. It was that one running back they had. There was a few. There was that running back they had that they it, cut. Like, it happens the, every season, at least once. There was a, two years ago against the Jets when that one wide receiver we cut. Oh, David like, Nelson. Yeah, it's two touchdowns of the season. We're just like, hey, fuck you, Browns. Or something like that. I don't know. I'm going to guess it's going to be... I don't know. I always think one thing I want to mention really quick, and maybe this will help me come to my answer, Weeby, is I asked Dan Majeski the other day if the Browns are the only team that its fans assume all quarterbacks will play. Like, every quarterback on the roster is going to end up seeing some time. Like, do you think Patriot fans or, like, Steelers fans are like, all right, we're going to see them all this year? Like, they don't do that. But that being said, I think Austin Davis is going to come back and lead a game-winning drive for the Pittsburgh Steelers against us. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, can they practice squad that uh, rookie guy? 
That seems like they are going to have to put him on the roster and uh, keep McCown. Unless they can yeah, trade McCown. him for an old catcher's mitt or something. <laughs> trade him for that bag of corn. But don't you want to keep him around? Guys, RG3, I'm telling you, I mentioned it earlier, is grabbing that knee on the first play from scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for keeping them. Like we said, we're going to use them all. We need as many as we They're can. They're all going to get used, yeah. Even uh, Nate Orchard. Well, he's a linebacker, but he'll play some quarterback. <laughs> we'll get him in there. Johnny Manziel will come back and lead a team to victory over us. Hmm. So the Browns are not favored to win any game this year. I don't know if that's changed. That's how it was a little bit ago. Like, literally, the odds. Not a single game. Not a single game. In all seriousness, there's no way they're going to lose every game, right? Yeah. That's a bad... That's a that's a dangerous statement. Tempting the gods or something. I don't know. I hope not. That'd be terrible. And they, they you know... Would you... Again, I think probably... I'd say, like, like I touched upon it briefly earlier, but I think every season I get to a point where I'm like, well, this is a way better group than who they had last year. But then you look at it and you're like, but it's still a bunch of shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just different shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, we got a guy named Scooby now. All right. <laughs> Fine. We, we got rid I mean, of that guy, named, Fo- that guy named Fozzie we had. I think, I hope this is, like, building block season, you know? Uh, but I don't want to get too excited about, like, a bunch of badass wide receivers either. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sure. Nothing but quarterbacks and wide receivers is an interesting way to field the team. Chris Poland. Yes, sir. Are you excited to watch anything particularly this season, whether it's a player or a... Uh, um, I'm excited to, uh, you know, see whether... RG3 is a hero or, you know, breaks his leg or something in between. You know, like like you said, with all those potential targets, I mean, it could be exciting. Um, if not, you know, a winning season, at least it would be cool to see some sort of uh, receiver quarterback chemistry form. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think RG3 obviously is, like, the most obvious answer to, like, what anybody's probably watching because it's just that so goes the whole team, you know, I think. Yeah. McCown can play, I think, too, or whatever. And What about this know, Corey Coleman guy? Yeah, he seems like he's pretty good. I mean, I got to say, of touchdowns. you know, if I'm being positive, I would say for sure, like, there. I heard some comment that even RG3 and his worst season – with the uh, Redskins would still be amongst the better quarterbacks the Browns have had. Right. Uh, and that being said, you know, throwing in that, uh, you know, I think Hugh Jackson's a smart offensive coach, which we haven't had in a long time, <laughs> and uh, wide receivers, which we really haven't had much of. I mean, last season, I will say they identified the problem, and they are throwing everything at the wall, you know. I did notice that too. I think that's yeah, and like we mentioned before, I think this is before you came on. We we were talking about how like even with the money ball move, you know, picking up Jonah Hill mm-hmm. and all this just crazy bullshit. Like even the RG three thing. I think that you know, like the Browns because of who they are and who owns the team and where they play and their reputation and all these things. It's like they almost got to try something crazy. Like it's worth trying some unorthodox stuff because you're not the normal stuff's not going to work or it can't happen. You know. For you know, no, yeah, yeah it like, seems no, like you know a great uh, yin yin yang thing with Hugh Jackson. He seems like I don't know, like a like the football guy, you know, the the classic coach mixed with uh, the numbers guy. It's just like Moneyball, but football. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The Brown, the first four Browns games in twenty. 16 are all winnable games, I think, honestly. They play the Eagles, the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Redskins. And none of those teams are particularly good. I just had a funny thought. What if uh, Jimmy Haslam had, like, a Seinfeld episode 
going on where he's like, God, why is the team so shitty? I'm going to go to the movies. And first he sees draft day, and he, then he, but then he's like, oh, that sucks. So he uh, red boxes. Watches Moneyball. Uh, Moneyball, yes. And then, you know, in the middle of the night, shoots awake as the uh, funky bass plays on the credits, and he's like, I've got it. And you just know that he's, he's changed the movie with the team. <laughs> like Major League. <laughs> he's like, we're not draft day, we're Moneyball now. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that before? The Moneyball rounds. The Cincinnati Harambes. Harambes they could win some of those games. Dicks out. The <laughs> these games can be won. Like they're not playing. They play the Patriots in Week Five, which I think is when Tom Brady comes back from his suspension. So he's gonna beat the shit out of us. <laughs> but but know, I do feel like the that, Patriots are a team. The Browns like always kind of like have that game where you're like, oh, they're still in this one with the Patriots, you know. Right, for years it was like that. They would win three games a year, and it would be like against good teams. Browns, you know, like yeah. they'd beat the Patriots and like the Steelers. Like, how did we lose to the Jaguars? Well, I agree. I think the new, uh, you know, all the new kind of rookies, especially people like Corey Coleman and stuff. I'm excited to see all the wide receivers and you know RG3. See if Josh Gordon can do anything. That'll be interesting. Yeah. We, we were going to do a check-in on Devon Bess and J- Johnny Football in the sadness corner, um, but I didn't actually have time to look that up. But, like, our boy Devon Bess is having some trouble. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what happened, but he went – well, I he guess he was – standoff or something, right? He did have a standoff, yeah. And Johnny Football is just still rolling. Well, I, I have some um, positive Cleveland-related news. Yes, Johnny Wrestling, that is Johnny Gargano, uh, from Cleveland, made it to the second round of the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament for WWE. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's Johnny. That's much better than Johnny Football. Yeah, Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Did Re- you say is that his what he goes by? Name, is his last name Gargano? Yeah, Johnny Gargano. Or that's Gargano. One of my first, like, best buddies in elementary school, who I have don't know anything about him anymore, his name was John Gargano. Oh, weird. What? Yes. Is Ian still gone? I saw him on the video. I don't know. Am I here? There he is. <laughs> there he is. Right, Turned into a robot, and then we just kept talking. Uh, I have a question. I was listening to that. There's funky bass music at the end of Moneyball. Yes. No, at the end of Seinfeld. Ah, uh, I misunderstood your reference. Yeah. Ian, what are you most excited to watch this year? The Browns. It's time for the tweet of the week. Oh, all of no, it. No, it's oh, not. No, I, have, I, have a, I have a real answer. Go ahead. Uh, I just think it's a lot more exciting team this year than it started last year. Even if they fucking suck, which they will, they'll probably go 0-16. Uh I don't know, Ray, Ray Horton, uh, the other guy. Hugh Jackson uh, seems a lot more exciting than any coach they've had. Uh, the amount of talent seems a little bit higher than what's been there previously, uh, certainly in like the skill positions. So, I, I mean, if things shake out the right way, the AFC North isn't great this year. No, it's not. So, I mean, you know, it's fucking pie in the sky, wishful thinking, but... Something could happen. Every Cleveland sports team is going to win a championship this year. <laughs> I mean, go Browns. Yeah. Go Browns. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, congrats to the Cavs. We brought that up earlier. I'm a big Cavs fan. I know Weeby is too. Uh, yeah, that was pretty great. That was awesome. And I can't wait to feel that if the Browns ever win anything. I think I'd feel just as excited if the Browns made it to the playoffs as they did Cavs on the championship. And uh, the Indians are doing very well as well. I just went and watched them, and it was pretty sweet. I actually went to the stadium, and we got these really good seats through my dad's work, and we're, like, behind home plate. And it was Slider's birthday, the mascot. So all of these other mascots were there. And the mascot from the Colorado Rockies, who is a triceratops that's purple. Of course. Spins his head. He spins his head. 
like 720 degrees from his body while he's dancing, <laughs> and it made this kid totally lose his shit. Because <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, like, if you're not expecting that to happen, that's not normal. I feel like uh, mascot-heavy games are always the best, right? Like... Yeah, it was great. There was like ten of them there. Like Slider's birthday party had like the Rosie the Red was there. Uh, there was a Diamondback mascot from them. There was the Eagle from the Nationals. The Pirate uh, Parrot from the Pirates. There was a bunch of, um, you know. Have you ever? Cool. Have you guys ever gone to a game where the San Diego Chicken showed up? Mm mm. But I know. Uh, they used to do that at the Rangers games. Like they'd be like, you know, there's like Bat Night or Bobblehead Night or whatever, and they'd have like San Diego Chicken Night, and he was That's just awesome. this super hype chicken mascot. <laughs> that was like, I don't know, like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball mascots, at least in my mind at that point in time. Favorite mascot? Do you guys any of you guys have a favorite mascot? No. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it's time for the tweet of the week, Ian. It's the tweet of the week. That'd have been a really cool time for the tremolo to kick in. But I know we fucked up. Robot tremolo. We got a couple tweets of the week. We got two here, General Browns, and then two from our man Bernie in a separate segment. First tweet of the week comes from Joe Thomas from earlier today, August sixteenth. Joe Thomas at Joe Thomas seventy three says. Anyone ever wonder why they sterilize the needles before a lethal injection? What a fucking that weird is tweet. <laughs> we also have a great tweet of the week from Robert Griffin III all the way back on May 18th. I think having a philosophical moment at RG3 says, How does a man hit a target he cannot see? The better question is, How does a man hit a target he does not have? Hashtag food for thought. Which immediately, I think, is a good way to describe the Browns. Yeah, is that what he's saying there? I don't know. It's kind of weird, right? But also accurate. And in this spirit, I'm gonna need to um, hear that one again. Replay. Wicker, wicker, wicker. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll read it on the thing. We'll send it out later. Uh, Bernie tweet of the week. Is there different music for that, Ian? No. At Bernie Kosar QB. He's no longer Bernard Kosar, so that's different. That's disappointing. Bernie was really into the RNC, so both of these tweets come from July 20th. And the first one, at Bernie Kosar QB, says, Democrat or Republican? Exclamation point. No space. Donald Trump's kids slash family, with all the pressure involved to speak in front of so many people, is not easy. Congrats. So, there you go. Thank you. Very proud of Donald Trump's kids slash family. All the pressure involved is speaking in front of so many people. Donald Trump's uh, daughter hanging out with Vladimir Putin's girlfriend in Croatia is the thing oh, I yeah. I'd have to say. There you go. That's weird. It is weird. At Bernie Kosar, happen? QB is that says. A new thing? Yeah, yeah, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we are getting something. Stop the wire. Something, the news is not quite coming through. This is a big story. Is that what it is? Is the noise mean that it's being put on the paper? Breaking news, skanks in Croatia. <laughs> you got the robot tremolo going again. Thanks, news robot. You're the best. I love you, news robot. If you like the news robot, you can send us an email at brian at aquabrelegion.com. Hashtag news robot. <laughs> the, other, the other Bernie tweet of the week comes later on July 20th. Big RNC in Cleveland, Ohio. And it, actually, it's a fairly correct sentence for Bernie. Like, he puts an exclamation point at the end of it. He's excited about the RNC. Like, everything's capitalized sort of in the right way. But then he completely flips it. On another side, Dale Earnhardt Jr. with his nausea slash balance and concussion issues. God bless you, Dale, slash good luck. You decide, uh, big RNC in the cleave or Jr.'s nausea balance issues. What do you think? I mean... Like, that's completely incoherent. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Does it? No. Some great pictures was of Bernie. Mass, was there a race in Ohio at the same time? I don't like, think so. Don't, That's the thing. It's really tough. There's some great pictures of Bernie on his tractor on his Twitter as well. Nice. Thinks my tractor's sexy. All right. I don't want to get caught up. I feel like this helped me kind of get going. But Browns versus Eagles on September 11th. Big game. That is ever. Big game. Big game. On account of the, the Browns have the Eagles' uh, first-round draft pick next year from trading down, so the Eagles could take uh, Carson Wentz? Question yeah. mark? Yes. They did. That Who wins, Ian? Browns by at least 1,000. <laughs> Weeby? Uh, I have no idea. Browns <laughs> by four. 14-10 Browns. Chris Pullen? I don't expect us to win. I, yeah, I think I, the Eagles will. <laughs> I expect the Eagles by a touchdown or two. The Eagles are actually bad, though. Who's like, their new coach? The Browns! Their new coach is Doug Peterson. Uh, uh, former Browns quarterback, Doug, Doug Peterson. Oh, yeah, he was a... Yeah. He threw 1,000 yards in that fucking playoff game. What? You heard me. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Did he do that? Did he really throw it? Throw it, throw it it's like, yeah, like, uh, oh, God, with 89, 91, something like that, he started the playoff game and threw for, like, 490 yards. For the Browns? Yeah, against the Jets, I believe. Yeah. Get it, Doug Peterson. Let's get him back out there. Fuck it. That's on All the right, case. We'll, we'll be back here, I imagine, after that first game of the season, probably sometime mid-September for the uh, next episode of Six Bs and a P. We hope you enjoyed uh, our take on the Browns offseason. Anything you guys need to plug or do anything before you go? Uh, I would like to plug my new podcast, Western Reserve, where I talk about Ohio music. <laughs> cool. It's on AquabreLegion.com. Yeah. I would say uh, check your lo- local uh, sports team schedules and... If the San Diego chicken's coming to town, do yourself a favor and go. Check it out. Chris Bowen, what are you doing? Um, there is a new, new issue of Ghetto Blaster out. It should be available now, or you can subscribe at GhettoBlasterMagazine.com. And uh, fun stuff coming up at Rockstar. Uh, the last uh, Wednesday of this month and September 2nd, going to be some awesome stuff at Rockstar. Uh, uh, M- uh, M Dog Twenty, Matt Cross is going to be there. Uh, Matt Tremont, Sammy Callahan. Uh, it'll be awesome. There you go, awesome stuff all around. Thanks to AquabreLegion.com for hosting us. It was fun. Go Browns! We'll uh, we'll be back after they played a game. Go Browns! Go Browns! Go Browns. Bernie, 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 Sanders. Oh, one person.